The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it and the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord and the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees that give way and say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And a highway will be there. And it will be called the highway of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. The wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So good morning again. And I was wondering if anybody in here might be experiencing a wilderness today. I certainly pray that you're not. But I'm betting that you know what it feels like to be in the wilderness. I know I sure do. You know, when I'm in the wilderness seasons of my life, I just feel kind of disconnected from God's direction, from his voice. And I get to feeling overwhelmed and and with doubts and confusions and just kind of feel overrun and overtaken with life burdens, just the stuff of life. In the desert, well, for me, that's just that dry and desolate place in life where I can't find any satisfaction. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, in their most extreme forms, the wilderness can be that place of spiritual darkness, of sinful living. And the desert, just that life that's dried up and just really devoid of the presence of God. And I've been there too. You know, the ones who would have heard this message today from Isaiah would have been a people that were in exile who would be coming out of Babylon. And man, you know, wilderness and desert of the spirit and the soul would be something that they knew very, very well. See, God knows the temptations that are faced in the desert. And he's addressing that temptation to give up hope. To stop believing. To stop trusting God. Listen, I know it's so easy to lose our joy and our vision when things are hard. You know, in their hearts, I'm wondering if these people who were in the deserts might be thinking, you know, has the enemy just won? Has God just been defeated completely? Has God forgotten about me? Maybe God is just angry with me. Maybe he's against me. Or maybe they're thinking their sins are just too great for God's forgiveness. Maybe I should just accept the way things are. Maybe God's not really good. 
But in this passage of scripture that we're reading today, God is encouraging this exhausted people, these people who are exhausted from hanging on and who are weak from standing to dare to hope. There's a reason to be brave. Because if they have a God who will show up on their behalf and he will do for them what they are unable to do for themselves, they would just need the faith to trust him. You know, today is the third day of Advent, and we're celebrating the coming of Jesus, the one who came to accomplish for us what we couldn't possibly accomplish for ourselves, reconciliation with the Father, by receiving the sacrifice of the Son. God entered into the desert of this world through Jesus to give us the righteousness that was required to walk on that holy highway that they talk about in Scripture today. And we look forward at Advent to a future time when Christ comes in glory to rule and to reign forever, when the deserts and the wildernesses will be no more. In this week of Advent, the focus is is on joy. And, in fact, the message that God has placed on my heart to share with you today is full of reasons to rejoice. It's full of good news. As I was reading over this scripture in the past few weeks, preparing to come up and and visit with you, here's what I noticed. This chapter in Isaiah is all about God's will for those in the desert. There are 27 in all direct mentions of what God will do, his provision for his redeemed that have found themselves in a very difficult situation. If they would be willing to turn to him. If they would be willing to trust him. 27 wills of God, and if you look closely, they are all goodness. Personally, I think that these are really, really good ideas, God. So I say, yes, God. I give you permission to come into the wilderness of my life and overwhelm it with your will. You see, God has a great plan to turn it all around for good. We may need to wait, and we may need a miracle, but your God is willing, and he is more than able. You know what? When I'm in the weeds, I really need to know that my God is good. Look, the desert is not his last word for you. He's made a way, a highway even, through even the hardest season of your life. Listen, I want you to know this, that adversity does not mean abandonment. Some of us need to hear that today. Adversity does not mean abandonment. God's intentions for you are all good. He really likes you a lot. I want you to turn to somebody right now, and I want you to tell them, God's intentions for you are all good. Good. Would you tell somebody that right now? I wonder who else in your life needs to hear that today. So strengthen up. Because God is for you and not against you. The scripture says be strong. Do not fear. His plan is to come. And to save you and to heal you and to deliver you from the wilderness and all its effects. 
He's a great God of breakthrough in the desert. There's this place in 1 Chronicles 14 and also in 2 Samuel 5 where King David is needing a breakthrough because he is hugely outnumbered by the Philistines. Have you ever felt like just outnumbered? Well, David saw what he was up against. You see, God doesn't want us to put our head in the sand and deny our problems. He doesn't want us to not face our issues. No. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about being positive in my thinking that my God is good and he will come. You see, David saw clearly what he was up against and he sought God's counsel. God said, go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. God said, I will do this. And David trusted him to move forward. And then, pow, breakthrough. Second Samuel 5.20 says this. And David came to Baal Perazim. And David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has burst through my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal Perazim. You know, Baal Perazim means Yahweh bursts through like bursting waters, the God of breakthrough. This place called the Lord breaks through like bursting waters. So David would always remember who his God is. And so that everyone who passed by that place would know the story of what God did at a time of crisis in David's life, at a turning point in his life. We have to remind each other of the times that we have seen and that we have experienced this God of breakthrough. I believe that God wants to release an atmosphere for breakthrough in this place today. If, I wonder if there's anyone here who's in need of, of just a sudden burst of God's power and his favor in his life. I wonder if there's anyone here who doesn't need that. Are you willing to invite him onto your battlefield? Because when he walks in, everything changes. That's what he wants us to let him do. To step into our wilderness, to step into our desert and bring what only he can bring. To accomplish what only he can accomplish. He comes in power and he just wrecks everything for the better then the desert becomes glad. And the wilderness, well, it starts to bloom. That's exactly what happened in my life a little more than 11 years ago when I really, really invited Jesus to step into the wilderness of my life. Now, I could focus my story on all the gory details of all the stuff that Jesus came and delivered me out of. When I was so very deep in a wilderness of my former sin life, But A, well, actually two A's. My kids might hear this story, and I'm not ready to have all those conversations yet. (laughs) And also my parents are sitting back there. I'll spare them all that. But the other big reason, the big B, the big B, is that all that stuff is not nearly as exciting as what Jesus did for me and what Jesus has done in me. Let me tell you something. I would not trade one thing about my life because I can stand here as a testimony of God's amazing redemption in all things 
I can give you a testimony of the fact that he is a God who still breaks through. That he is a right here God. Glory to God. When Jesus walked into the wilderness of my life, it was like a dam burst. He began to flood all those desert places, that desert of the tangled mess and the consequences and the shame and the disappointment and the brokenness. All that stuff that was left in the wake of the life that I had tried to live apart from him. Yeah. You know what? The work of the enemy is so much less impressive when you hold it in comparison to the glory of God that falls to make beautiful what was once just a pile of ashes. I experienced breakthrough in my life. When I invited Jesus to take over my life and the Holy Spirit to start guiding and directing it. His goodness, it overtook me like a tsunami wave. Breakthrough wasn't even an option. Have you ever thought about trying to stop a flood? You can't do it. It's impossible. You either get out of the way or you get swept away. I chose to let his love sweep me away. And it's been a wild and wonderful ride. You know, but still, my life is, is so far from perfect. I know who my God is, though. I know who my God is. My circumstances may take a lot out of me. And let's face it, our circumstances can take a lot from us. But my circumstances cannot steal the joy of knowing what he did for me and knowing that he will not stop doing that. You know, some people may look at me and think I'm just a little bit of a weirdo for Jesus. But I will tell you that knowing what I know changes the way that I see things. When I see wilderness, I start thinking it's time to look for breakthrough. Because experiencing and meditating on the overwhelming love of God changes the way you think. I believe with all my heart that no matter what you are facing, God wants to enter in with breakthrough. I believe with all my heart that that's what he desires to do. You know, I know they say that God works in mysterious ways, and and surely God is is unpredictable at times in, in the ways that he might move on our behalf. But he moves. Unpredictable, yes. But I have found the Lord, our God, to be 100% consistent in his heart for touching our lives and for bringing freedom and restoration and bringing new life. Isaiah 20:18 says that God longs to be gracious to you. Did you know that? Would you turn to somebody right now and tell them, God Longs to be gracious to me. And I want to ask you something. Do you have a joyful expectation of seeing God's goodness? Because you can. Listen, it's Christmas time. What parent in here doesn't want to be good to their kid? What parent here hasn't made the list and battled the parking lots and those glitchy websites to make sure... That special item is under the tree come Christmas Day. It is so not your heart 
to disappoint that childlike, joyful expectation of your love expressed through that gift. You want to be good to your kids. How much more does God want to be good to his kids? Scripture tells us that he withholds no good thing from us. I wonder, are you expecting less than God's best for you? I would just ask the Lord right now. Lord, right now, I just ask that you would just even right now just release just a huge gift of childlike faith. Just to joyfully expect to see your goodness. You see, faith is an awesome gift. The Bible tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. So I just have a suggestion for us today. Why don't we just thrill our Heavenly Father today by having the faith to just joyfully expect His good will for our lives. Even those places that seem impossible. Especially those places that seem impossible. In verse 2, Isaiah says, They will see the glory of the Lord and the splendor of our God. So we get to wake up every single day with that expectation that God is going to move in glorious ways and that I will get to see that. I have that expectation every single day. That's where my joy comes from. See, the expectation that I have affects how I go about my everyday life and how I view wilderness circumstances that come up, not only in my own life, but when I see them coming up in in other people's lives. I'm going to share one more testimony with you today, and then I'm going to start to wrap this up. But I really want you to hang on with me to the very end, because we're going to share a prayer of release, and we're just going to start asking the Lord boldly for breakthroughs in our lives. And I really don't want you to miss out on that. I really believe that the Lord wants to release a new song in your life today as we're lifting him up in this message of his goodness. In the voice translation of verse 4 of this scripture that we are reading today, it says this. I love it. It says, look here, your God. Right here is your God. I love that. I love how this verse reminds me that God is currently in our journey with us. It reminds me that the one who said he would come did, and he made his home in my heart. So everywhere I go, I know that the one with resurrection power, who loves to break into the wilderness, is right here. I've come to develop a very humbling awareness and an expectation that goes with it, that wherever I go, he is right here. And that's a truth and a reason for every believer to have joy, that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. Wherever you go, he goes. That's huge. So one day back in late September, I was just doing my regular grocery shopping at this HEB down here at Lincoln Heights where I'm all the time. I have four kids and I'm there all the time. And so I just kind of started chatting with that guy who's in the very, very back, one of the chefs that does the demos in the way back. He you know, kind of gives you ideas on what to have for dinner. And just 
precious guy, you know, it's their job. They have their little microphone on. It's their God to, job to kind of chat with the people and, and, you know, be pleasant. And so I was just chatting with him, and um, the guy's name, his name is Michael. And you'll, if you go there, you'll see him. He's got salt and pepper on the side and dark hair and blue eyes. Um, just an awesome guy. Um, when you go, tell him I said hi. He was so excited I was going to share this testimony today, actually. Um, so when I was there, in the course of our casual um, exchange, he mentioned that he was really, really excited because he was getting ready to go take some time off. And it turned out that he was planning a trip um, to go spend 10 days visiting with his dad. So he explained that his dad was a war veteran. And um, his dad had kind of struggled with some PTSD ever since. And, you know, life had been very difficult for his dad with the burden of this trauma in his life. But to make matters much worse, his dad had been diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer. And so Michael explained to me that the outlook just really wasn't all that great for him. And so understandably, you know, Michael was very concerned. And not knowing what the future held for his dad, Michael decided that he should take, you know, some substantial time off of work and to go and spend some time with his dad. Well, I was, as I was listening to Michael share his story, I just started to feel that joyful expectation of God's goodness just kind of rise up in my spirit. So I suggested that we just agree in prayer for God to heal his dad. And Michael said, sure. So he stepped down from that cooking platform, took his microphone, turned his microphone off, and he just stood right there in front of the, uh, that butcher counter. As I just placed my hand on his shoulder and we just prayed a simple prayer. Just a simple prayer for breakthrough healing. A prayer believing that God is able. That God would come in like a flood and just would annihilate cancer and annihilate that trauma that he'd lived with. So as I prayed, Michael just kind of stood there just with tears streaming streaming down his face because there was just a tangible presence of God. He knew that God was there. He knew that God was stepping in and was touching his life right there in H-E-B. You know, God knows where to find you. Right there in front of the avocados and the cherry tomatoes and anyone else who cared to witness God show up. Right here is your God. He was clearly deeply touched. And I told Michael that when he got home, that he should just lay hands on his dad and just say that same prayer, asking God for healing, asking God to break through the trauma that had held him captive for so long. And he said he would do that. Well, some time passed on, and after his trip, um, I saw him. This was just a couple of months ago. And I saw him, and I asked him how that trip had gone, and he said it had gone great, that he'd done just what we had talked about. He'd prayed for his dad, and he said, you know, I don't know. I kind of said this prayer, and, you know, afterwards, I really kind of noticed that his energy was really kind of better, and, and for sure his, like, emotional outlook just, just seemed lifted. He seemed improved. And so he also let me know that he had a, a major checkup coming up, and then a full report would be forthcoming. And I told him, you know, Michael, I am believing for an awesome report, and you let me know. Well, a few weeks passed until one day in late October when I was at the checkout stand with all my groceries. I'm always there. And I see him running through the grocery store towards me at the checkout stand. And Michael is beaming, even beaming more than he usually does. And he says, I've been looking for you. He said, the test came back. And my dad is 100% cancer free. I mean, come on. Come on. Praise God. That is good news. 
Cancer cannot stop the flow of the love of God. Cancer cannot stop the flow of the love of God. God showed up, and that was just two months ago, at your friendly neighborhood HEB. God is still showing up. He comes with breakthrough in the wilderness of cancer. He comes through any wilderness that you are carrying to do what only he can do, to heal, to save, deliver. I'm going to close this up right now. I'm going to ask the worship band to, to step back up. But I want to build your expectation today to see the goodness of God. What is it in your life that needs a touch from God in your life? Because God is saying, look here. Right here is your God. Because when Jesus enters into the desert place, everything changes. The song we sang this morning, when you walk into the room, is really a heart cry of this message. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask the worship team to continue to play and to release that song one more time. And my hope is that you will take a moment in this place. And that you would let that music and you would let the words and you would let this atmosphere for breakthrough that's here today minister to you. Because this is the heart of God for us today. He's a good God and he is here. When Jesus walks into the room of our desert and our wilderness, he can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. When we allow his love to flood in with breakthrough, nothing can stand in the way. Will you invite him? Will you invite him to come and to consume your life today? Will you give him permission to do what he longs to do for you? Today's scripture shows God's will for those in the wilderness places. And it's all good. Will you receive it? If you'd like to see a little breakthrough in your life, I'm just going to ask that you place your hand on your heart right now as I pray. And I ask you to agree in prayer, and I ask that you would just be expectant to see God's goodness. Holy Father, I just release the unstoppable love of Jesus Christ in this place right now. Holy Spirit, come and would you just meet these prayers of faith with an abundance of favor. I'm asking for God to just flood this place with his goodness. Father, would you just enter every desert situation and wilderness circumstance that's being lifted to you in faith by your children right now. I thank you, Lord, that you want us to see and experience that your heart for us and your will for us is all good. You said that we would see your glory and the splendor of your majesty, and we say, yes, do that today, Lord. Thank you for the way that you long to be gracious to us, and we receive your gifts right now with open arms and with great expectation. Lord, we receive these gifts with the joy of Advent, with the joy of dreams fulfilled, with the joy of knowing that we are loved and cherished children of a good and loving, faithful Father. Thank you for Jesus, the champion of heaven, who came to make a way for us to have this amazing access to your heart. As he meets us in this place, we receive all that he is and all that he's accomplished for us. And we say it's all about you.
We give you, Lord, all the honor and the glory. And we will turn every blessing into praises of who you are. You are our God that said you would come, and you did. And we believe you still do come, Lord. We release and we receive that new song today because the Lamb has overcome. Prayer ministers identify themselves on the side. If you need help with that breakthrough, just come forward, help each other, pray with each other together in the seats.